but repurposing could enable me to be more consistent. Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Jacqueline Schiff. I met Jacqueline at a podcast conference last month in Austin. She has a really interesting business model that I think, frankly, every compliance practitioner needs to take a page from her business model. So I asked her if she'd come on the pod and she said yes. So first of all, Jacqueline, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you for having me, Tom. What's your professional background, Jacqueline? So I have, you know, what I would say is an interesting career story. It's pretty nonlinear. But, you know, essentially my background is in journalism, actually healthcare journalism. I started my career there as anyone who probably started journalism around the same time I did, uh, was a little bit dismayed and concerned with the future of the industry and moved more to the corporate communications and PR side. So got a little bit of experience there, went back into sort of an area of journalism, worked at publication for B2B healthcare executives in Chicago, and left that. I've always also had a bit of an entrepreneurial bug, so left that to pursue my own thing. And so I was freelancing for a couple of years. I'd put that into the broad category of content strategy. You know, if you kind of draw a line between all the various things I've done, you know, words and communicating a message has always been a critical piece of it. So I was freelancing and working with a few different clients, but I knew I wanted to start a business. And I just started seeing more of an opportunity to repurpose content. And so started, you know, started focusing on podcasts that was just, you know, I've gravitated towards podcasting. I just find it a fascinating medium. I'm an auditory learner and decided to start a business based on content repurposing. So I often say that if you give me a word, I can write a sentence. If you give me a sentence, I can write mm-hmm. a paragraph. If you give me a paragraph, I can write a blog. If you give me a blog, I can write a white paper. And if you like, give me a white paper, I can write a book. And I'm very proud of that. But you take that an entire step further. And so that really leads me to, to start with you talked about the market opportunity you saw with Podreacher. You told us about your entrepreneurial bend. What opportunity did you see that really led you to found Podreacher and some of the services that you and your team provide? So I'm in various business groups and Facebook and Slack channels, all of this. And you know, I think at that time, I was really just in observation mode. And I just noticed a few people ask, say, hey, can you take my podcast episode and make it into a blog post? And I thought, ah, that's interesting. And obviously, like coming from a journalism background, that's kind of the foundation of journalism. You interview someone or you interview a couple people and you put it together into a story. So that felt like an intuitive thing for me. But then drawing in the marketing and communications piece, I thought about, oh, you know, this this makes a lot of sense for people to do because there's an SEO value to it and all of that. And so I've tried and started other businesses before. They haven't worked out. So I was really wanting to examine the idea and see, is there a need for this? 
you know, is there like a gap in the market for it? So I actually went on to Upwork and, you know, wanted to see if people were asking for this. So like, you know, I'd seen it in a few places, but then I saw a few job postings on Upwork where people wanted exactly that, to take a podcast recording and turn it into an article. And so I was like, okay, there could be something here. And then I approached a few different podcasts, I just did some research and pitched the idea. So I think from the initial 10, I ended up working with two of the folks that I pitched and that kind of validated that there was a business idea. So I really like the focus of Podreacher on the B2B audience. If I could start with what is B2B content repurposing and how do you help either a communications specialist, a compliance officer, a senior executive, or whoever else in a business understand really the power of repurposing content? So the focus on B2B, that's something that's, you know, I guess I've narrowed in over time, but here's the opportunity I've seen as I've spoken to different types of clients and people that are, you know, in B2B. There's often, especially like for a marketer, There's a gap. They want this thought leadership content. They want the kind of stuff that's going to differentiate their product or service in the marketplace. But it's a struggle to get that. And that's usually because, you know, if it's an executive, a CEO, the founder of a company, they're busy and they've got a lot of things competing for their attention. They don't have time to sit down and write out their ideas, Even, even the ones that consider themselves to be writers. It's just not the thing that makes the most sense for them to be doing at any given time. There's a lot of other competing responsibilities they have. And so it's always hard to create this kind of content in a powerful way. At the same time, there's been this trend in B2B marketing that just seems to be growing where people are making more recorded content. And obviously with the pandemic, that really kind of accelerated it. So if podcasting was big before the pandemic, it became even bigger because, it's, you know, you can do it in a remote environment. It's a way of connecting remotely. Webinars as well. And even though people are now going back to the office and, you know, meetings are taking place in person, you don't see less recordings. In fact, I think there's only going to be more. And if you look at what those recordings are, you know, so the conversation we're having here this is the foundation of some thought leadership. I'm sharing what it is that, you know, why you would want to repurpose content, how I started a business on this basis. And so like for anyone in any industry, a conversation is an easy way to get that out there. Now, taking that from the spoken word, so in this case, audio, but it could be video as well, and turning that into a good reader experience That's the process that we're continually tweaking. And, you know, that's kind of the secret sauce of what we do because it's not a transcript and we can get into more of that. But there's a huge opportunity. There's a thirst for that kind of content. The assets are in place and it's just pulling it together and connecting the dots to deliver that kind of content so that people can use it for marketing purposes. I fancy myself a social media maven and I hammer social media. Uh When I met you, I discovered you Uh took it to a whole new level and used that through repurposing. So I was wondering Uh if you could explain why repurposing is such a critical component for social media outreach, even beyond the direct outreach someone like myself might do. Oh man, Tom, are you always so nice to all your guests? Always. (laughs) Okay. 
I was like, am I getting special treatment here? So your question is, I just want to make sure I'm understanding, is repurposing content for social media? Yes. That's something, honestly, I could probably take a page from your playbook on because I personally am not as consistent as I would like to be, but repurposing could enable me to be more consistent. So LinkedIn, especially if you're in the B2B world, is a very powerful channel for social media, for having these kinds of conversations. And, you know, I think you came across a post that I did recently where I kind of broke down what we did for one client. So this is working with, you know, a cloud platform and they basically are getting their executives on other podcasts. So they're not even making a podcast in-house. The executives are going on other podcasts. We're taking those guest appearances on a podcast and turning it into like an opinion piece that they then will get published in trade publications. So I took that, relayed that experience. And the idea was to help people visualize because there's so many ways to repurpose. So this is one use case that might make sense for some folks. I put that into an email and then took the email, repurposed the email and created that as a LinkedIn update. So one of the things that's key to repurposing, obviously, is you want to optimize for the channel. So I'm not going to write an email the way I would write on LinkedIn. I'm not going to write a video script the way I would write something that's intended for, for people to read. So, you know, took that email, tweaked it a little bit and, and worded it so that it would appeal to people on LinkedIn. And it's also it's lower effort because I had to kind of think through the steps once and the actual kind of, I guess we could call it a mini case study. And then just again, like thinking about where people would be reading it and make it a good reader experience. So I love that approach for social media. I wish I would take, take my own advice and do that more consistently. But, you know, it obviously helps when you outsource and you can have a team or others support you in doing that as well. So let's turn to that LinkedIn piece because I was yeah. impressed by that. And I was impressed for a couple of reasons. One, it was okay. a great story. And when you can tell a story in any context, it's going to get someone's attention. But being a good lawyer, yeah. you laid out the points. One, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. Here's what we did. You identified the problem, you identified how you address that problem, and then you identified yeah. the steps you took. So I was wondering if you could really just walk us through what was the problem and then the solution you saw and PodReacher implemented to help the client with that problem within the context of repurposing and, of course, communications. So I just wanted to pull it up, even just to give myself a refresher. So the problem we addressed here is the creation of thought leadership content. So we've touched on that a little bit in this conversation, but what I find through the conversations that I have with clients, and so primarily like I'm speaking to other marketers, but in some case I'm speaking to other types of executives, but across the board, the problem is, okay, people want to have good thoughtful content, but they don't really have the time to make it. It's time consuming. And so how do you solve this problem for wanting to have it, wanting to have the story, make the case for your product or service, but having no time or bandwidth to write it? That's why I love working from recordings. So in this case, again, the company is putting their executives on other podcasts. So they're getting the visibility from that, you know, and that's a form of thought leadership. 
But the thing is, is that there's so much that's contained within that recording, within that conversation. It's that person's thinking, but not only is it that person's thinking, it's the way they express themselves. You know, it's got personality, which is something that you don't always get, let's say, from a transcript. And so what I like when we get to work from a recording is, you know, we can listen or if it's a video, we can watch and we can really get a sense of how that person like puts themselves forward and, and wants the message to be in the world. And so there's various things when we're listening to a recording that we try to translate, again, from the spoken word to the written word. One of the things that we do when we listen to a recording is a lot of times the biggest insight in a conversation is not going to come right at the start. It's going to come like 20 minutes in or something. So when you're positioning something for an audience that is going to read it, you would maybe put that insight closer to the top as opposed to a transcript, you're only going to like read through it and you're only going to get to that point in the conversation. So we did that with the recording that they sent us. You know, as I mentioned, we reviewed the recording, took the best insights, turned it into something that, again, is a good reader experience, very different than a transcript, sent it back to the marketing team. And then they have relationships with people that run different industry publications. They sent this as an opinion piece. So we essentially ghost wrote it for that executive. And then two weeks later, it was published. And so they've got that brand awareness. They've got that really important thought leadership content. I'm sure they're going to share that in newsletters, on social media as well. You know, all these efforts build on each other, which is really nice too. So where do you see B2B content repurposing down the road? Will this continue to be a growth industry? Do you think it's going to become more important for the communication specialist or even business executive? It's a good question. I think this is only increasing. You know, like I said, the pandemic accelerated the adoption of recorded content. I don't think that's going away. It's easier than ever to make recordings. And, you know, again, what, what I like with this and what people seem to respond to is it's a lot easier to sit down and have a conversation than it is to sit down in front of your laptop and have to write out your coherent thoughts. And again, e even if you're a writer, I mean, you know, you know how it goes, Tom, like one day you've got it and the thoughts are flowing and another day it's just not as easy and fluid to get those thoughts onto the screen. But if someone can prompt you as you're doing for me in this interview, you know, you're asking focused questions, you're asking good questions. It's an easy way to get the thoughts out. And then again, foundation of the recorded content. So I think we're going to see more of this. The story I like to tell is not only is it an easier way to develop content, you know, having a conversation, but it's also, it's the easiest type of content to outsource. If you've ever tried to hire writers and anyone who has, who's listening to this will know, it's not easy. It's just not an easy thing. Like anyone can say they're a writer, you know, and just because you can type and string a few words together doesn't mean that you are a writer. What's nice with recorded content is, again, you have essentially 65% of what's needed in that recording. And so what we coach our writers to do is how do you, you know, massage that into a piece that is, again, going to be a good reader experience. We think there's an art to that. That's why it's the only type of content we create. We don't do original content. There's a lot of clues in a recording that will tell you how to structure things and how to position it. But 
I find the mistake that a lot of people make when they try to outsource content is you find someone who says they're a writer, you give them a very broad thing, say, hey, I want a piece written about this idea. And then they take it and you get something in front of you and you're like, what the heck is this? I have no idea. You know, like there's a disconnect between what you've asked them to do and then what, what you receive in return. With a recording, when you work from a recording, it helps align expectations. And again, if it's done well, you can get a really good end product. Because again, it's not relying on you to come up with the theme and the ideas. You know, someone who's a professional will know what to look for and know how to draw it together to create a really good piece of content. Jacqueline, many businesses are finally beginning to understand that in the current market, for a variety of business reasons, they need to communicate what they stand for, their values, their purpose, their culture. Are those types of conversations you have with communication specialists in-house, do they understand that as well in the market you're in? I'm not sure I'm well positioned to speak on that because... First of all, we do a lot of project type work. You know, it's like the objectives might be different. I'm sure it is something that they're thinking about. But I think a lot of times when folks come to us and they have recordings in mind, it's, it tends to be top of funnel things. And it's a way of introducing people to the brand, just creating that general awareness. Could values and that stuff be a part of it? It could. But honestly, it's not something that comes up a ton. One of the most ubiquitous phrases in the business right now is ESG, and investors are interested in that. Many shareholders, employees, other stakeholders mm -hmm. are interested in that, and companies want to communicate what they're doing around ESG, even to the point where the regulators are looking at it, financing is looking at it in the forms of banks, private equity firms, mm -hmm. and insurance companies, mm -hmm. and the message that you can help create, I was wondering if you're being asked to help create that type of or repurpose that type of content that a company's creating to really show what they may be doing around that issue. And if you're getting work that's project-based, it certainly seems to yeah. me that if a, a company wanted to have a project where they put that type of repurposed content in social media, it would lend itself to what Podreacher does. Yeah. And that context definitely does make sense. But I can't say that we've seen a ton of that. And again, it could just, I'm not going to say it's a reflection of the company's thinking of or not thinking of those issues, but it is the sort of thing that, you know, as you said, like it could lend itself very well to, if you discuss it in a conversation, I mean, that's something that we could do something with. Unfortunately, Jacqueline, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself, Podreacher, or really any of the topics we've touched on in this podcast, what would be the best place for them to go? Thank you, Tom, for having me. It's been a pleasure. The best place for them to learn more would definitely be to go to podreacher.com or otherwise, I certainly welcome connecting with people on LinkedIn. Like I mentioned, trying to be a little more consistent there and start some conversations. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Jacqueline Schiff there. Well, and we're going to link to both Podreacher website and your LinkedIn profile on our show notes. Jacqueline, thanks again. I look forward to continuing this conversation. Me too. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.